This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 AM and streaming live on KWWJ.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK 1140 AM and streaming live on KYOKradio.org. KCOH 1230 AM, The Source. On Sand Geek Radio 95.1 FM 1460 AM. And Aliento Radio 101.7 FM and 1540 AM. Call in at 832 832- 2-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then. All right, Houston. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. You know where we are every Monday from 11 to 12. And of course, as a reminder, we're everywhere on the dial. KWWJ, keep walking with Jesus. Of course, KYOK and KCOH, the source, as well as Aliento Radio and Sankeet Radio. You can call in, call in, call in. This is your station at 832-570-8075. And of course, I have this song from the movie Beaches by Bette Midler. Uh, Wind Beneath My Wings. It is one of my favorite songs, Houston. It is such a beautiful song. I don't know if it has religious connotations or best friend connotations, but whatever it is, it just hits me right there in the heart about two people being so close that one of them is the wind beneath their wings. Beautiful song. We will hear it in its entirety at the end. I have Miss Janie Barreras. She's here from San Antonio, and Janie is the president and CEO of Lift Fund, and I like their catchphrase, if that's the right word, dream it funded. Uh, Janie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Gilbert. So great to be here. Thank you, studio audience. You know, there are so many people out there, and I don't know if we're, and and you have the stats, I don't know if we're underrepresented or overrepresented in the Latino community and the African-American community, but we can never get funding from banks. We can never start our businesses, and yet we are incredible entrepreneurs. We're thrifty, we work hard, but somehow the banking industry just, I don't know, doesn't know we're there, all the reasons. And so tell us about what role y'all play in that whole equation. Well, Gilbert, as you know, banks are regulated, right? And so... They really would want to work with our communities, but we don't fit their box. Mm. And the reason we don't fit their box is because we have not been educated in the financial world. I don't know about you, or, uh, but when I was growing up, my parents really didn't talk about finance. Even though my parents owned a Mexican restaurant in Corpus Christi for 20 years on, on Chaparral Street, La Mexicana, uh, at the end of 20 years, they ended up with nothing, uh, only their Social Security, because they didn't own the building. Mm-hmm. They just managed the, the, the restaurant, and they didn't know that they should at least know the minimum from their accountant that was, you know, uh, helping them. Right. So, so what we as a not-for-profit, Lift Fund is a not-for-profit organization that lends money to small businesses that can't get loans from banks. Our loans are from $1,000 up to a half a million dollars. 
And the reason we exist is so that we can help not only with the access to capital, but also the technical assistance that they need, the hand-holding, so that they can become successful. And we have a terrible business model. We want to lose our best customers. We want them to graduate from our program and go directly into the financial institutions, whether they're banks or credit unions. Houston, are you hearing this? I mean, this is one of those things where you kind of like blink your eye. Can this possibly mm -hmm. be? And is it too good to be true? The whole concept of we want to help you get started, and we hope you have enough, enough success mm -hmm. that you can move on to something, That's right. for lack leave of a better us. word, bigger, better, That's right. leave us. That is wonderful. Well, who came up with this idea? Well, actually, um, we've been here in Houston for over 25 years. We're one of the best-kept secrets, and so I'm so grateful for you opening up your doors to us to be able to tell the story because we are here to serve our community, the people that are underserved. And so we want to be able to, to grow to your point, right? But micro lending, uh, the origins of it actually come from third world countries where you provide working capital to the working poor in small amounts. So I'll give you an example. Part of my training, actually, I'm the founder of Lift Fund. Uh, oh, you 20, are? Yeah, 28 oh, years I ago. I want to go through that, but just keep going. Yeah. I don't want to lose your train of thought. So um, part of my training was that um, we went into Guatemala, we went into um, Mexico to see how these microloan programs worked. And in those cases, it was peer group lending. So a group of people would come together, mm -hmm. and each of, a, each of the people in the group would get a, I don't know, a $100 loan because, you know, it, it's it, the poverty there is much higher than it is here, even though we mm -hmm. have a lot of poverty in our, in our, in our country. But in, in developing countries, it's either there's no middle class. You either have money or you don't have mm -hmm. money, right? So anyway, the, the concept is you provide working capital. Uh, this gentleman and, and their family that I met, you know what they did for a living? Tell they me. sold toothpicks. So you, uh, in, their, in their homes, um, they had, it, obviously they don't have health uh, inspections and things like that that we do here in the United States, but a corner of their home was just filled from floor to ceiling of toothpicks. And their family would get together and get little plastic bags and put toothpicks in these little plastic bags. Daddy would uh, then to put them in his, micro, in his backpack, go to the drugstores and to restaurants <coughs> and so on to sell the toothpicks. Interesting. So isn't that great? I it mean, is that, great. That, that, that's how they were making their living. But they needed working capital to be able to buy the toothpicks in the first place. So I share that example because then, you know, when we started back in 1994, like I said, in San Antonio, we, we, you know, $100 is not going to make it here. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to make loans at least up to $25,000. And how do we incorporate the character lending that we were seeing in the developing countries and, and put it into the American way of life so that we can learn the system? There are people that have told me, oh, we should change the system. I said, well, why don't we just learn how to navigate through mm -hmm. this and let's teach people? I think that'd be easier than changing, you know, bank policies and regulations and things like well, that. Well, let me ask you this. I mean... What am I missing when I, I read some of these very big banks and they come out with these incredible proclamations and all these things? We're going to now do thirty billion in the community. I'm like, well, shouldn't you be doing that anyway? Yeah. I mean, what am I missing there? So they should be doing that. And there's this thing called the Community Reinvestment Act, and CRA. And so what that means is banks should either have a presence in low to moderate income level neighborhoods, or at least um, doing business in some way. And because CD, we're a CDFI, a Community Development Financial Institution, a CDFI can be the, um, the arm of the bank. Mm -hmm. So they either invest in us or um, give us grants. Because remember, we're not a bank. We don't have deposits to make these loans with. 
So what we have to rely on are investments and donations to be able to then put the, the, the hands the money into the hands of hardworking small business owners. I'm just writing my notes on two on two things I want to come back to. Okay. What what um, when when there was a young Janie and I don't mean like young as in last year because you know you look great to me, <laughs> uh, but when you were growing up, uh-huh. what made you say you know what I think I'm gonna fill this gap in and find a way to give capital to these people that can't get capital. I mean, when you were young, where, mm-hmm. it, well, let, let me, I, you shared something with me. You attended your eighth grade mm-hmm. reunion mm-hmm. of your eighth grade class. Correct. When you were in eighth grade, mm-hmm. what was your dream? Serving people. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was my dream. And so, uh, as I noted that, uh, my parents had that Mexican restaurant, but I knew I didn't want to run a Mexican restaurant. Right. I could be served in some other ways. So I actually became an incarnate word sister for 15 years at 18. I graduated from high school and went into, um, the community. And after 15 years of running the diocesan telecommunications department, uh, a, a new person came in to take my job and, um, because I didn't have the business experience. And so the sister said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to go get an MBA. So I went to San Antonio, and I went to the University of the Incarnate Word and got an MBA. And then uh, that was the first time I had lived by myself because I lived um, either with my parents and then in community. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in my 30s and uh, thought, hmm, this is kind of nice living on your own, not having to wear a habit, being right. able to drink a glass of wine when you wanted to, that right. kind of stuff. And so I chose n- not, I, you go through the discernment process, and I chose to stay in San Antonio. When that's when this this idea of a micro-loan program came into being. And there was a woman named Maria Beriozaba uh, who had just finished a 10-year term as our city council, the first Latina uh, city councilwoman in San Antonio. And she said, Janie, you're perfect for this job. And so I went and applied, and uh, I got a reject letter because I don't have banking experience, mm-hmm. right? So uh, they went back to Maria and said, hey, we still haven't found somebody. And they said, and she said to them, go interview Janie. She's the one. And so I did. And the reason I think I got the job back then, they're almost 30 years ago, is that um, it's the perfect combination of socialism and capitalism coming together. It's the, the not-for-profit world and the for-profit world. And, you know, when we were, being, when we were growing up, I know your children went to Catholic school as well and that uh, are going to Catholic school. You know, we were taught, you know, you got to feed the hungry and shelter the homeless, right. right? But if you don't have a dollar in your pocket, how can you do that? You can't do much. No. Well, let me ask you, do you miss the sisterhood? Oh, gosh. I'm still very close to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, the sisters were there at the reunion on Saturday when I was down in Corpus Christi. So it's a great, the commu- I learned so much in terms of leadership, in terms of collaboration, in terms of, um, you know, don't take no for an answer. And I got that from my mother as well. <laughs> I you believe know? it. So let's find out a way to say yes. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, not, this isn't our topic today, but I can't help but to ask you since I sure. have you. You know, um, I'm a member of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And, of course, my, my priests, they're just, you know, getting older and older mm-hmm. and older. And there seems to be more priests that are from um, the Philippines and mm-hmm. and um, uh, Africa is that becoming a problem, you know, that we, we just can't get enough priests? Or, you know, and you don't really see much about sisters anymore somehow. Right, right. Am, is that, am I just totally missing it? No, actually, you're right on spot because, and again, this is um, my own interpretation yep. of what's happening. You know, the Catholic Church and religious groups in, in general, every 500 years, there's a transformation. I don't know if, you, if historians can, can tell you this. You know, they went from monastic world to being more out. You know, St. Francis went out and so on. 
eventually, I believe that the church is going to have to open up their um, their doors to women and 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 being able to offer leadership in that way. Um, but you never know, right? And we, we have to go through this whole process. I actually sit on the Adrian Dominican Sisters um, uh, pension uh, uh, for the. the them and and they're going through their their numbers are dwindling you know they were like 600 and then over covid in the last two years they've lost 200 so oh now my. 400 right and so even the community that i belong to is very is very small so something is going to happen in transformation but you know we have to leave it in god's hands and see what's going to happen That's in the right. catholic church amen to that mm-hmm. let's go back for a second so you were the founder mm-hmm. of the group mm-hmm. um how did you come up with the idea of well, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to found this group, and, mm-hmm. and we're going to go, and it's just an idea with you. And now tell us, where are we today? How mm-hmm. many offices? I know you have an office in Houston. Correct. But how many people are involved, and, yeah. and how many loans do you make every year? And give us some of those stats. Sure. So back in uh, – the way we got started is that I made sure that I surrounded myself with people of passion to, for this work and people that want to create something. Because remember, we started out with a $50,000 grant for operations and $150,000 in a loan pool from four banks. And that's it? That's it. Four, and the four banks are Chase, Wells Fargo, um, Frost, and Broadway with local San Antonio bank. And a dream, right? And so, and, and creating the 501c3. I mean, mm-hmm. We didn't even have a 501c3 nonprofit status at that time. So by surrounding myself with people, hiring the right people, as you know, you've got a great staff yep. here um, uh, in your building. And 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 then making the loans. I, ha- I remember one of my loan, uh, one of my board members said, "Janie, you can plan all you want, but if you don't make a loan, nobody's going to believe you." Mm-hmm. And so, uh, in, within six months, we I was hired in January of '94. By June of '94, I had found free office space because I'm really good at begging, <laughs> uh, you know. And uh, amen and, to that. And then uh, also hiring a couple of people. So there were three of us back in 1994. We made our first loan. Uh, I th- think that first year we put we dispersed maybe 150, and then asking other banks to join. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to to liftfund.com, you can see all our supporters. I mean, we've got all the major banks, community banks, and credit unions um, uh, as part of our supporters, and individuals, high wealth individuals too, that have either donated or invested into this. So fast forward now, we've been in Houston, like I said, over 25 years. We're in 10 cities in Texas with feet on the ground there. We're in New Mexico, we're in um, uh, New Orleans, Birmingham, Atlanta, with feet on the ground. That's incredible. But we serve 15 states because yeah. um, now with technology, you know, boundaries, there are no right, boundaries, right. you know. That is incredible. Um, <clears throat> you know what, I'm embarrassed to say to you, I have not heard of the organization. I know. And when you brought it up to me, I said, well, you know what, people need to know about it. So before we forget, just give me the commercial. Where do people need to go if someone says out there, they're listening, to, and they say, golly, I need capital, and I hear this this woman talking about it. Where would they go? What's yep. the website, or what do they call, and what do they do, and right. how do they sort of learn about it? So it's Lift Fund, L-I-F-T. F-U-N-D. No, not the lift as in the it, L-Y. Correct. Okay, correct. That's it. why I emphasize yes, L-I-F-T-F-U-N-D dot com. Even though we're a not-for-profit, it is dot com. And you can actually go on our website. It's in English and in Spanish. And see, our, there's, a, there's a, a place there that says, are you ready? You put in 12 pieces of information in there. And it'll pop up whether you're ready for a lift fund loan or not. No kidding. Yep. Just like that. Just like that. Wow. And when they put in the information, does it spit out 
you're eligible for this much. Yes, you actually put in the amount you need. No kidding. Yeah. So like if you put in, I need $50,000, and then you put the other 11 pieces of information, it'll say, nope, maybe not. You're not, you know, it'll give yeah. you it'll give you from points from zero to one, right? Right. So maybe it's going to come up at five. So that means you're not probably 50-50 chance right, of getting right, right. that. But then you put in, you know what, I'm, I think I can get by with 10. You put in 10, and all of a sudden the needle goes up. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, so I'm going to apply for 10, and then we send you a full application. And well, let me ask you this. So then when they get the money... Mm-hmm. Uh, do you make them put up collateral or yes. anything like that? Okay. Yes. And is it their like personal belongings yes. or the company? It can be anything that is of value to them. Um, you know, we, like I said, we serve all of Tex- Texas, right? And so in our beginnings, I would say in the first 10 years of this organization, we were in our laboratory stage, what works and what doesn't work. And even even now, I don't do any of the lending, but in those days I did, right? Right. And so I went down to the colonias down in South Texas. I was in San Juan. And this lady had um, her property, and there's no zoning. It's sort of like Houston, right? Right, right, right. Uh, in the colonias, and um, uh, the lady had her house, and then in front of her house, she had her restaurant, and then she had some goats that were grazing. And um, I said, we can take your goats as collateral. Months later, I went back to visit her, and I asked to see the goats, and she looked at me funny. Hey, I had them uh, slaughtered, and they were on the menu last week, right? And so they <laughs> they were gone, and so I went back to the team, and I said, guess what? We're not doing any more um, livestock, livestock yeah. as collateral. And years later, I'm passing by Alma's um, desk because we do have to take pictures of collateral. And so there, I see a picture of a goat. And I said, Alma, you know we don't take livestock. She goes, Janie, don't worry. It's the land where the goat is standing. That's our, our collateral. So it just depends on the yeah. on the business and the type of the, uh, things that they can offer. You know, I recall, you know, somebody needing a small loan, and they the Blue Book value on their car was fully paid for. Right. But, you know, the Blue Book value isn't hardly anything. But we took the car because we knew that person needed it for uh, transportation to get back and forth and yeah. so on. And we have a 98 per, 96% repayment rate, Gilbert. Wow. 96%. That means out of the almost, we've, we've dispersed almost a half a billion dollars in these 28 years. 96% of that money has gotten returned. And the average credit score, as you know, FICO scores are very important. The average credit score is around 600. The cutoff at a bank wow. is 680. So let's go through a couple of things. I want to make sure our readers are first understanding everything. Um, Colonias, those are sort of unincorporated parts right. of South Texas. South Texas. Mm-hmm. And many of them do not have running water, right. do not have sewers, streets, right. and all those things, right? Right. But yet they just sort of built these homes. Right. Yeah, I remember Dr. Hector P. Garcia was yes. real big on the Colonias and mm-hmm. getting them services and basic basic sanitation right so amen to that mm-hmm. um as it relates to paying back so that term again is called what the uh, repayment rate the or what repayment, we, rate. repayment rate mm-hmm. loan, yeah. so mm-hmm. what is a normal bank will make loans and certain amount will default correct so that means they don't get paid back correct but you have virtually all your loans pay back because 98 percent is essentially all 96 yeah. 96 that's essentially so, all yeah but let's just clarify that Banks don't take on this even that much risk, so their losses are like one percent, mm-hmm. right? Because they're not going to take risk, and and banks are regulated, so we need they need to make sure that when their examiners come in, like the FDIC or the uh, Federal Reserve or the OCC comes mm-hmm. in, those are the three regulators um, in uh, for banks. They're going to come in and pick up a file, and they're going to ask, "Why did you make this loan?" And and if then they'll rate them. They rate banks that way, right? So that's why they're not going to take as much risk. That's why they're sending us 
their loans, the, you know, the people that they can't serve, and and then and we help and hopefully send them back to the bank. How wonderful! And again, as it relates to the. Um, FICO scores, mm-hmm. again, that's the credit rating scores. There are three primary FICO score, scorers. Correct. And you don't do anything other than, as a person, you get a score because you've either taken out a credit card right. or something to that effect. And a perfect score is probably, I don't know, 830 or something right. to that effect. Yes, sir. And good scores are in the you know, 700s 700. and higher. Mm-hmm. And so banks, their cutoff is where? 680. 680. And y'all will go down as low as 600. 400. 400. Mm-hmm. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, what that means is they'll give you a chance. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? Sometimes people have you know, bad luck, bad circumstance. Somebody got sick in their family or something else, and they couldn't pay something. And all of a sudden, their whole credit score is right. low. It plummets for unforeseen reasons. And y'all will just give them a chance. Right, but but let's, I, might, I might put a but in there. That's because, okay. <laughs> because you have to prove to us that in the last six months you've tried to clean up whatever it is. For example, um, if you're late on your child support, that's character to us. Mm-hmm. Go fix that and then come back to us. Because why are you not taking care of your responsibilities? If you've had a if you're in an active bankruptcy right now, we're not going to be able to help you because you've got to clean that up first. Right. So um, we do have those kind of stipulations. But we that, do have parameters. But that makes sense. Yeah. Take care of loose ends. Right. That's what I heard. Take care of loose ends. We have a Dorothy on the line. Dorothy, are you there? Let's put Dorothy through. Miss so nice. Dorothy. Miss Dorothy. <laughs> yes, it's Reverend Griffin. Miss Dorothy, this is Gilbert Garcia of Talk, Inspiration, and Prayer. How no. are you? I'm doing fine. I, I'll speak to you, but I wanted to speak to uh, Reverend Griffin if he if he was there. Well, Reverend Griffin's not here, but I, I guess I'm like the fifth best thing. Uh, okay. Speak to well, him. You're, 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 on, you're on the radio talking to all of Houston right now. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. Well, well, then just why don't you just say a prayer to Houston? No, I, I just I'll accept the prayer from you on the radio. I'm listening to the radio now. All so, right. Uh, I just wanted to talk some encouraging words to him. Yeah, I said to you too. Do you end up with in, in discouragement, misunderstandings, and liars, and all that kind of stuff? Whatever. May God bless you and believe be with you. Amen. You know what? That's one of the nicest things I've heard. I, that, that's that's all I want. I'm not a talker person on the, on the line or nothing like that. Well, <laughs> you know what? I'm not either, but that's okay. You know what? I really appreciate you calling in, and thank you for listening to the show, and keep yes. listening. All right, then. Well, thank you very much. Thank All right. you. Thank you for calling. All right. Bye-bye. We ha- bye-bye. We have another caller there, don't we there, uh, producer? We have a Kathleen. Kathleen, are you there? Catherine, I'm sorry. Catherine. Is there a Catherine on? Yes. Speak to me, Catherine. You have me, Gilbert Garcia. Talk inspiration and prayer. And I have Ms. Janie Barrera of Lift Fund. Hi. I had a question for Janie. Um, I just wanted to know, like, what type of advice would you give to someone who's looking to become an entrepreneur? All right. That's a good question. So what do you say to people who want to be an entrepreneur? Oh, Catherine, you got to figure out what service are you going to be providing as an entrepreneur um and then uh, how marketable is that service right because um, you don't want to be like that program you know 
if we build it, they will come. There's resources out there called like, like the Small Business Development Centers. They're usually hosted in, uh, in a uh, university or college, SBDCs they're called. And they can help you determine the marketplace first and get a business plan put together. Because what you're going to want to do when you want to ask for money is that you've got to prove, if you're a startup, how are you going to pay it back? You know, because this is not a grant program. This is a loan program. <coughs> and we never want to put people in harm's way. If you cannot pay back the loan, we are not going to give you a loan because we're just hurting you rather than helping you. So putting the plan together, making the decision. So, for example, um, you like to eat cookies, and you think, um, you, know, you must have saw that on my face <laughs> because I like to eat cookies. But, <laughs> but you've never been a baker. That's, or, and I never have. Yeah. And you're, or you've never managed a bakery. So go work at a bakery first, you know, and mm. get that experience. So then you can say that because when people uh, ask for money to borrow, not only are they looking at your business plan, but they're going to look at the leadership of that business. You know, what, have you, what has been your experience in doing this? If you're just kind of wing it, no. You've got to prove that, no, I've, I've done this. I've, I've been a, a baker. Or, or, you know, a great example would be, you know, I've been managing this bakery, and the owner is, wants to retire, and I would like to take over and own this bakery. That's a perfect example of a startup that we would help with because it's not really a startup startup, right, because you have there, there's financials to go on. But let's nowadays, you know, after COVID, a lot of people – are doing um, arts and crafts things at home and things like that, which we encourage people to reach out to us and maybe don't take out a lot of money. Just take out $1,000 to help you right. with your working capital and also to help you build your credit. You know, the, the way we get our credit scores up is by borrowing money and paying it back on time. And so, um, you know, if, if we're paying only the minimum on our credit cards, that's not good because you're mm-hmm. never going to... You never catch up. You never catch up. That's right. So, Catherine, I don't know if that answered your question. And, Catherine, I can tell you from my perspective, number one, uh, you got to have a good business plan. If you don't have a business plan, you're not even real Mm -hmm. because people uh, like Lift Fund or other investors are going to say, well, what's your business plan? And they want to see that you really thought it through. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately, my own experience is however much capital you think you're going to need, you're probably going to need a little bit more. <laughs> and however long you think it takes in your business plan to become profitable, it's probably going to take a little bit longer. Those are just some of the laws of starting a business. But I can tell you as an entrepreneur myself, it is the greatest feeling in the world to sort of be your own boss, be in charge of your own destiny, have a team of people who believe in each other and believe in something bigger than themselves, mm-hmm. and to all be rowing in the same direction. So I encourage you to go for it. Mm-hmm. And know that it's not going to be a nine to five job. It's a twenty four seven job. Yeah, it's twenty four seven, and your whole family's involved, yep. starting with your spouse or your significant other, whoever that might be. But Catherine, hopefully that made some sense. Do you have a follow up, or you got it? No, that I got it. Thank you so much for answering my question. Well, Catherine, thank you for calling in to a tip from Gilbert. Talk inspiration and prayer. So let's go back. So. How is it that it's a nonprofit then? Mm-hmm. Go through that. So you don't have depositors. Correct. And so you don't have to have a certain minimum capital and all capital requirements and those things. No, but you as an investor are going to want to know, want to make sure that we have a strong balance sheet. And so. But do people invest yes. in the group? Yes. 
And do they get a return on their investment? Yes. Oh, explain that to us. So um, when we borrow from the banks, um, uh, we the term sheet is um, you know between right now it's about two percent, and as you know interest rates are going up, so mm-hmm. we're tr- we're negotiating all of that stuff with the with the banks. So w- those are e- either can be three year, five year, and again the banks are investing in us because of that community reinvestment act. They're going to get a check off when an examiner comes in to look at their books and they see an investment into lift fund at whatever percentage that may be mm-hmm. um they they because of our reputation you know they get a check and move on to the next part of the exam so they're required <laughs> to do so correct, much correct um, because of the community reinvestment act mm-hmm. so when banks like if you if you don't have a good cra rating when you want to merge with another bank or when you purchase another bank you're, they're going to tell you no mm. so that's what why they're always making sure that that they're up front on that as an individual like, for example, um, there's a gentleman here in Houston who's invested um, uh, a million dollars with us. And he was going to do it at 0%, but then decided, no, I better just show some kind. And so he, he's at like a half a point or mm-hmm. something like that because he really wants to uh, work in our community. Then we have other individuals that, you know, <clears throat> that have come in and at, at the 2%. You know, I don't know what's going to be over it like right. in a few months, but right now that's what we're doing. So, so we have a good pool of money. And then we rely on on donations. And so, um, again, remember, we were uh, going through our, our whole business model ourselves at, at Lift Fund. So you can, in the very beginning, when I started talking to banks about investing in Lift Fund, I'd say to them, they'd, they'd always want to ask me, what is your uh, exit strategy? Be, you know, because if, right. if I'm going to be lending you a million dollars, how, how are you going to pay me back? After right. three years? And I was able to say, look, our portfolio is growing, and um, you know, if if something bad happens, I will just f- fire everybody, maintain the portfolio, keep a few people, and pay you back over time. Mm-hmm. And that made sense to them, right? Well, at a certain point in our history, we became so big that my the balance sheet that there wasn't enough equity starting mm-hmm. in in the uh, in the organization. So that's when I said to the team, you know what? Let's think about a way that we don't have to borrow as much money. So we're one of the not few not-for-profits in the world that can tell you, look, if you give us a donation of $10,000, I can show you where that $10,000 went. Because, Very interesting. Because we are now, you know, we're not using it to pay my salary. We're not using it to pay utility bills. We're using your $10,000 donation to make a loan in Houston. Mm-hmm. And I can show you these are the three businesses that, you know, I can't tell you exactly because that would be terrible paperwork, right? right, right, right. But, I, but but you can go on. Uh, we can give you a list. Uh, so in 2022 in Houston, we made X amount of loans. And here are the businesses. Go visit them. Go eat at well, the restaurants. Yeah, go on that well, kind of stuff. Well, let me ask you this. Well, we have another caller here. Okay. Let's take this caller, but but I'm, I want to come back to... The whole concept of how many loans have you made? I thought you said the the, the number half a billion's in right. my mind, Absolutely. and I want to go through some of that because that's like that's like real money. Yeah. that's like a big number. Is there a Lindsay on the line, Miss Lindsay? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Hi. You have me, Gilbert Garcia. Talk, inspiration, prayer. Lindsay, what do you have for me or Miss Janie Barrera of Lift Fund? Dream it, fund it. Well, hey Gilbert, hey Janie. Hi. Um, first of all, thank y'all so much for what you're doing for our businesses in Houston. Um, it's really inspirational to hear y'all. Well, thank um, you, Lindsay. Yeah, thank you. Now, is this and, is this my Lindsay? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, Lindsay's um, uh, an artist friend of mine, and she does a lot of work for me and for my wife. And the greatest work she did, she painted my elevator. <laughs> uh, and most people say, "Why are you painting an elevator?" Well, I love fish. And when you come to my house, I have a two big fish tank, and you know, one's on the top story and the other's on the bottom story. And so the elevator looks like you're in the water because there's fish all over. And when you go up the shaft, it's like you're going up the aquarium. It's super cool. Well, Lindsay, tell me, um, I'm so glad you're here. Well, what do you think of something like this? You're kind of a small, independent, your own person, you know, your own entrepreneur. Is this something that works for you? Do you need capital? It's something I've been thinking about. And yeah, it would definitely be something to look into. Um, I'm also just, you know, I wanted to ask your opinion on how can someone better reach their target audience or how do they even know who their target audience is? And once they do, how do they reach them? Well, I go back to that small business development centers that are located here in Houston. They actually can help you with it by industry, you know, and your code, your, you know, the, the, the business code. And, um, and they're free. Uh, so I would take advantage of that. I'd also, you know, if there's associations that you can join, um, Lindsay, and, and talk to your peers, like where are they finding their um, customer base? Um, how can you, you know, join those, you know, join with them in their efforts? Um, and, you know, nowadays with social media, there's a lot of, you have to be careful because there's a lot of people out there that want to help you spread your word, but, you know, making sure that you get some, um, uh, referrals before you hire anybody or work with anybody. I oh, think wow. the, I think the long and short of it, Lindsay, is there are resources out there. You got to do a little homework and legwork and mm -hmm. and get as much information and help and support as you can. Mm -hmm. um, wow. What's it like being an artist? Then I mean, how are you able to get your word out uh, on some of your wonderful pieces? You know, it's really been so organic. It's just been all about sharing and then. You know, taking classes like you're talking about, you know, taking classes on how to talk about my work, how to get out there on video, share the photos, write about my work and mm -hmm. just really go for it. I mean, it's all about just doing and going and mm -hmm. and not letting up and just sharing with as many people as possible. And it really has been surprising how far that's taken me. Well, you know what? That's that's a beautiful thing. And I have a feeling your story is very similar to like. Janie, your story of your family. I mean, it probably mm -hmm. started with your mom was a good cook or your dad was a good cook, and all of a sudden they'd sell tamales or something to people, and they said, you know, we should have a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And then they started a restaurant and word of mouth, and then people come, and it kind of works that way, Lindsay. Word of mouth, getting it out. The benefit of social media can accelerate it, but there's no substitute for having a good product and working hard. Yeah, that's how LiftFund got, got started, right? Because we don't have the the um, the dollars for marketing and so on. To your point, Gilbert, you didn't even know we existed. So it's been word of mouth. Even though you know our success is, like I said, we've we've helped more than twenty five thousand small businesses, and most of it comes from word of mouth, from having a good experience, and they'll tell their friends, and then and so on. And then and then we partner with different, like the chambers of commerce, you know. Um, making present our team here in, in Houston makes presentations all the time even going to churches we'd be happy to go um, to churches and festivals and so on and and start you know working that way telling the word I think it's wonderful well Lindsay what else do you have for us here in Houston 
just thank you all so much for everything you're doing and and the advice given on the show today was very helpful so thank you again Lindsay. thank you for calling in i hope you call in again i will talk to you all soon thank you lady we have another caller um you're popular today so what do we have was it alexandra is there an alexandra on the line a tip one alex alexandra yes speak to me alexandra well, I'm curious um, to ask if there is a certain business or industry that seems to be more successful, specifically now during the COVID era. Hmm. I know that maybe back then it was different, but now, you know, with times changing and social media and everything, what? how can people also take advantage of that platform? Well, I'm going to first ask, I'm going to take a caveat to your question and first say what's the bulk of your loans uh, are they all like i don't know restaurateurs are they all i'm making this up uh food trucks or are they all you know um, um laundry mats i mean just generally what are the the bigger things and then and then we'll go to her question of what's been successful yeah service industries uh very few manufacturing um because it's uh, the what what the banks out there consider soft businesses um, that rely a lot on customer base, right? Over and over and over again. Those are the um, those are the kinds of customers that we see. A lot of restaurants and, and food trucks. That's right. <clears throat> you know. Uh, so, so to Lindsay's or uh, Alex's question, um, the what we saw during COVID was if you if you were not online, you got hurt. You know, if you didn't have a website, how? Because in 2020, when we, you know. Uh, Actually, during this time, during Thanksgiving, you know, it's it's by local uh, uh, national program. And so when we went out to talk to our customers and said, hey, we want to prom- help you promote, you know, what's your website so that we can help s- spreading the word? A lot of them didn't have websites. Mm. So by tw- so for 21, I asked the team, hey, you know, let's work with our customers to help them get a website. Because if you don't have a website presence now, even, and I'm talking everything, right? Right. Um, you need, you have to have one. It, there's just no question about it. Uh, because people are Googling you, people are asking for, you know, restaurant Yelp and, and so right. on. And it's not expensive, right? Not no. really, and it's not hard. Right. And and um, and so, you know, we saw people I, uh, like um, uh, somebody who had just opened up, she was working from home. It was a grooming and, and animal, uh, care uh, uh, job, uh, business. She had just uh, moved into a retail in, in 2020. And so, you know, nobody's coming to them. So what did she do on her website? She started promoting the little outfits for the animals and the, and the other doggy things that mm-hmm. you can buy and kitty things and things like that. And so she was able to keep the business going by, by now opening up her retail to the, the, the websites, right, to the web. What and, a great story. Yeah. And so that's how I've seen people um, um, survive. There's a there's a gentleman here in Houston who had a catering business. And, of course, you know, right. during the pandemic, nobody was able to have catering. And so when, when we interviewed him, when I talked to him, he said, you know, Janie, my wife and I, we don't know if we're going to have the catering business next year, but we know we are going to have business. We're going to have a business. And what did he end up doing? Doing teaching classes on on the website. Wow. And and how to prepare mo- meals and so on. And he has a great following now. So um, so anyway, I hope that answered her question. No, I think it does. 
now let me ask you this. So let's go back to five hundred million. That's a mm-hmm. like, what's what was the average loan? It's about twenty-seven, twenty-eight thousand dollars. Wow, that's a lot of loans. A lot of little bitty loans. A lot of loans. And then on the financial side, Gilbert, if we there's not one micro lender in the United States that is self-sufficient, meaning that you can have enough money because we do charge interest rates. We haven't talked about that. So um, for the the interest off the portfolio of the loans that we have made. One day, we want it to be um, 100% of our expenses, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's around 60 65%. And so we have to raise in grants the gap mm-hmm. between you know, the 30 to 35% uh, uh, that we lack. And so there's not one micro-lending organization in the country who has become self-sufficient only by doing micro-loans. And, um, and it's because, if you do the math, it takes you know, X amount to underwrite a loan of $2,500 or 25000 is the same as you would write or $250,000. Mm-hmm. You know, there's time and effort to go into that. Reading the application, processing right. it, checking the scores. Exactly. And so banks, you know, don't, a lot of them won't even make loans under $50,000. They'd rather hand you a credit card and, you know, thank you, go, right. go, go, do, your, go do your thing. And so um, for us, we, you know, having most of our portfolio, our, our uh, outstanding portfolio is in the micro loan. And what I, over the time, I asked the team, let's think about diversifying, do, doing other things. And so now in our portfolio, we can make, we, we used to only make loans under 100000 Now we go up to half a million because you can get a little spread of, of a bigger loan. But of our, we probably disperse around $30 million a year. Of that $30 million, maybe. And all the states combined. Correct. Okay. But most of our portfolio is here in Texas. Yeah. Um, but only of that thirty million, maybe only twelve million are going to be loans that are higher than a hundred thousand dollars. Wow! And because that's the customer base that we have right now are people that they don't consider that, you know, if a, a larger business may not think about lift fund, they're going to go try to go directly to the bank mm-hmm. and so on. And then we have another program called the SBA 504 program. We partner with the SBA to service these loans, and those can be to purchase a building. And though you can go up to $10, $15 million. But we don't have to have the dollars in place because we are the service provider. It's a debenture. So the bank puts in 50%, the SBA puts in 40%, and then the borrower puts in 10%. Okay. And then that 10% can be borrowed from Lift Fund, too. Yeah, so, yeah, they yeah. Have that, so they have that. And those loans are, are, are great money makers for us because uh, we just serve, it's a service provi- provider. We are, we're not, ha- you know, we, we, those loans are 25, 30 year, mm-hmm. um, you know. Well, when firms. you do your loans, how are you nurturing these companies or mm-hmm. are you there to help them mm-hmm. or is that just beyond your scope? It just depends. We, our team here, for instance, in Houston, and now because it's virtual, we can, we do a lot of uh, online training. You know, people, we have webinars all the time. We have uh, a women's business center in Dallas and in San Antonio, and then we have a program here called Ascend just for contractors. So we do a lot of technical assistance online, and then there are other nonprofits in town that do a lot of technical assistance as well. That being said, though, our, our uh, we get a lot of calls for referrals or you know asking questions just like the people are asking here where can i go to do this or where can i go to do right. that because our teammates are are really connected in our communities and so um the the, the whole idea of we've been asked to well, what happens to our cust- your customers once they leave because remember they right. our best co- you know their critics they like are graduate or yeah exactly and and we just don't have the funds to follow up on people so that's one of the things we're looking into trying to find a grant to find out okay 
you know, two years after they finished their, their loan with Lift Fund, where, where are they and how successful are they? What's, I don't know the answer. To what's the average term of the loan? Is it? It can be up to four years, but because there's no pre-penalty in paying it back, most people carry it for about a, uh, a year, 18 months, and then ask for another loan because they've been doing so well. They want to increase what the, the, the need, their, their loan amount. And again, it's by borrowing money, paying it back on time, that you can increase your Fed credit score. So they may have two to three to four loans with us before they leave and they get that 700 credit score to go to that. And bank. what's the interest rate? I'm assuming right. some, some sort of market rate. It's, well, it's 9%, mm-hmm. uh, but we work in a lot of, with municipalities. Like, for example, in San Antonio, the city council approved a grant to lift fund of a half a million dollars to uh, offer loans at 0% interest. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, the, the, so, so what happens is if our loan is at 9%, they bought it down to zero. The fund is able to carry you know, our overhead and things through that. And then the customer, and actually that portfolio really performs very well because their cash flow was able then to make them eligible for a, a higher amount in that loan because they don't have to worry about paying back interest. How great. So um, we're hoping to talk to folks here in Houston how we could develop, and, you know, and it doesn't have to be from municipalities. It could be, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Garcia or whomever wants to make a donation to LIFM because I didn't quite finish that other piece of, of the conversation about instead of borrowing money we want to have our own money to lend out so it's called a dream maker fund so your donation into a dream maker fund is not used for operations it's only used to lend so for every just think about it if we had um, 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 you know over time borrowed a million dollars and we're paying three or four percent a year on the use of those uh, of use of those funds mm-hmm. now we're not we're saving thirty forty thousand dollars because we're not having to pay for the cost of capital, that makes our interest rates go down for the consumer, right? You just pass it on. Right. The oh, savings. how wonderful. So um, we're working on DreamMaker Fund to be able to have our own money to lend, and then working with um, foundations, institutions, individuals um, they may, that want to buy the interest rate down to zero and, and, and you know, make, make a better case for the person to be able to. How great. Well, what, what I'm hearing here is, my goodness, Houston, everyone should go to liftfund.com mm-hmm. because not only can you sort of see, am I eligible for a loan and go to that meter, or what was that called again, where you can just see. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, if you go onto our website, yep. am I ready? Am I ready? Mm-hmm. Go to the am I ready meter and just go in there and sort of fill it in and the, mm-hmm. the needle says one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. But I also like what you said about these resources, these webinars mm-hmm. and things. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that there's a lot there. Houston, you should go take advantage of that. We all need to take advantage of that and spread the word because we need it in our community more than ever. So again, it is Lift Fund, L-I-F-T-F-U-N-D. Mm-hmm. There's two, no, L-I-F-T-F-U-N-D mm-hmm. dot com. Correct. And who's the, is, is there, I mean, who mans or mans, who, who um, stations, staffs uh-huh. the office? Here in Houston, mm-hmm. we have Linda Toyota, um, who is a great resource in our community. We also have Mitchie Clay. Um, she's our executive um, vice president for this region. And then we have our loan officers that are here in place. How many loan officers do you have here? We have um, three loan officers um, here in Houston. And the actual location is on Westheimer Street. It's uh, 5444 Westheimer Road. Um, Where's where that on Westheimer? It's near, um, good question. How far out on West? By Yorktown? So by, by the Galleria? 
It's right by the Galleria. It's a yes. It's a it's a workplace. It's you know we there the whole um, floor is either nonprofits or entrepreneurs, and we just rent a couple of you know offices there. Oh it's great! Like a, yeah, yeah I, those um, office we suites. Works. Yeah, yeah, we I, I know yeah. exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. How wonderful! Mm-hmm. Well, are these loan officers um, like overwhelmed? Is this just like oh my god? I got like. 50 people here lined up to do loans. Uh, not overwhelmed, but we'd like to be. How wonderful. Mm-hmm. How wonderful. They want to make sure that their customers outgrow them, mm-hmm. and they want to be uh, overwhelmed. You can't go wrong. That's why it's a nonprofit, because you're trying to help people. Yeah. It's much more than just make money. we got to make money to stay open, mm-hmm. but it's also about just old-fashioned helping people. Mm-hmm. Well, Linda Toyota, I know because she's around all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's always involved in the community. People know her. You know, if this was one of those things where I'd say, tell them Gilbert sent you, but, uh, you know, it doesn't quite work like that. But do ask for Linda Toyota. And I think they have a local number. Can, can I read the number? Sure. That local number is, uh, is it the, do I do the 888 number or the yeah. 816 number? The 888 number. It's 888 888- Two one five two three seven three. That's eight 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 two one five two three seven three, and that's the customer care. So let me ask you: Where's all this going to go? Ten years from now, twenty years from now. <laughs> I mean, do you have any idea? I mean, are you hoping that? I don't know. If this is a weird way to say that you'll be so successful that you won't be needed anymore, mm. or are you hoping that someday you'll become your own? bigger bank mm-hmm. well um i don't think i think we'll still be needed 10 years from now because of the realities of our life and the economy there are so many of um folks that are either newly immigrated or people that um you know just have not taken care of their fico scores because of the education so they're going to need a, a nonprofit like ours to help them navigate through um system i bet you people don't even know what a fico score is yeah it's a, i mean do people really know when i mean i, I would bet you the average person. listener doesn't mm-hmm. really know right uh and know the implications of if you miss one bill mm-hmm. what's that gonna do yeah you know it's really horrible but true i mean and it's because you know it's it's based on character right if you that means you you quote unquote you haven't been able to pay your debt but maybe you forgot you know to pay a bill here or there but anyway so the on a fico score um, the lower your FICO score, the more you're going to have to pay for anything. You know, the you, you and I, I have bad credit. You have good credit. We go buy the same car, same make, same model. I'm going to pay more for that credit, for that car, because my interest rate's going to be higher than yours. Because you're deemed a bigger risk? Correct. Is that what it is? That's correct. And that's just because of the score. That's right. And the score could have been impacted by... Somebody was sick in your family, you needed money for medicine, and you just mm-hmm. missed a payment. I mean, things like that that just happen in life mm-hmm. when you're sort of, you know, you know, the working class. And, and it's just, but they have no emotion to it. They just, you missed the payment, bam, your score goes down. Yeah, and there's a lot of articles that have been written recently about predatory lending and, you know, how uh, people take advantage. The people need cash right now, not necessarily business loans. These are consumer loans. Where people need money right now, they go and hawk their car, if you will, with a title loan. But they borrow a thousand dollars, but they're really paying back, you know, 
$1,700 or something because of the interest. That's that terrible. It is. I mean, that's totally, hence the word predatory lending. Mm-hmm. You're taking advantage of people, mm-hmm. which is clearly what y'all do not do. Correct. How, how wonderful. So let me ask you, where's the next expansion coming? <laughs> do you do you have that? And I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but do you intend to, well, Gilbert, we want to be in three more states here, 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 or we want to be in these new cities. We want to be in the valley. We want to be in, you know, I don't know. And what's the plan? Yeah. Well, first of all, no mission, no money, right? Mm-hmm. So it depends how, you know, how we can get more dollars to do this work. Again, we're not a bank. So depending on where we would get those dollars, some people would say, we'll give you this donation, but you've got to come and work in our state. Fine, you know, as long as it's enough to cover our costs. So I would, um, I would suggest that maybe five years from now, we are um, a national organization instead of, instead of a regional organization, because again, there's no boundaries with technology. And if we can create, if we can get a partnership, our teammates right now are working on figuring out the legalities of how a bank can automatically refer their denials to us. Wouldn't that be great? That would be a life-changing thing. Oh, yeah. So, because if a bank you know, can't make that loan, if, if they got the permission from the consu- customer that, look, we can't make the loan, We'd, uh, we're working with the CDFI called Lift Fund, do we have your permission to uh, transfer your data to their application? Why wouldn't they? It's regulated, and... Um, the uh, p- privacy issues. So Lift Fund right now got a grant to become SOC 2 compliant, not to get too into, uh, we're SOC 1 compliant already, SOC 2, so that the privacy, because we, you know, the banks have a lot of detail of, you know, social securities and so on, so do we, but, you know, because we're not regulated, we are now making ourselves regulated <laughs> so that we can uh, um, uh, address that. So by December, I'm hoping that our organization will be SOC 2 compliant and then we'll take it to the Federal Reserve and the OCC to get their blessing and then move And on. get more funds? Uh, no, we'll get leads. You leads. Know? Yeah. Because a lot of the costs associated with, you know, getting people ready is is the lead part, right? Finding mm-hmm. them, working with them, helping them fill the application. But if they've already applied at the bank or the credit union, they've already got captured all that data. Now they have to come into our algorithm to see if they fit our box. They didn't mm-hmm. fit the box of the bank. Let's see if they fit our box. So what's your best success story? What oh. comes to your mind of somebody who came in and you thought, oh, they're never, you know, you know, we're going to help you because I want to help you. And then all of a sudden, they're the biggest ex in the yeah. city. Or Anything come to your mind? Uh, his last name is Teresina. Uh, it was a $10,000 loan to start um, a... a uh, uh, contract business with the military to do their health or uh, examinations and stuff like that. Fast forward four years uh, later, he was on the front page of Latino magazine. Come on. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, last name Teresina. So he's very successful now. Um, but there aren't that many, Gilbert, that are going to be that big. Most of our community, which by, <laughs> I forgot to, I don't know if I've mentioned this, 85% are minority mm-hmm. in our portfolio, uh, black and Hispanic uh, customers. And, and it's because the fact that, you know, really all our community wants to do is, pre- is, is help their families. Right. You know, to feed the families, to make sure that they can go to school or, or continue in a trade. That is the most important things in our customer um, value system. And so that's not necessarily to become millionaires. It's just to have 
you know, be comfortable right. and, and give back to the community. But we want to have the American dream, too. Sure, we do. I mean, I, I think it's fantastic what you're doing. So I want to go back to something. This is, like, so the most important thing of all. So when you went to your eighth grade reunion, <laughs> did you, like, say, there's little Tommy and there's, you know, Susie? I mean— or did you say, like, God, who are all these people? Yeah. I mean, you know, because, I mean, listen, let's face it. I'm, Facebook, I didn't look like this in eighth grade. So, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't know if anybody would recognize me because I had hair and all this kind of stuff. But, I mean, what was it like? It was great because it was kind of like nobody really asked you, now, what do you do now? Yeah. Kind of thing. They don't care what you do. They just wanted to know how are you doing, yeah. how's your family. Uh, do you remember so and so? What a and beautiful why, thing! Yeah, well, why wasn't so and so here? We need to call them. You know those kinds of things, and uh, it was just a great, uh, you know, being present uh, in that moment was just wonderful. Well, I wonder if your experience as a sister mm -hmm. is what's really led you to this lift fund. You know, it's like fate mm -hmm. to really help all these people. Because mm -hmm. you have that aura about you, mm -hmm. that you want to help people, mm -hmm. and you're driven by something more than just, um, you know, than success. Your your success is helping people, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's probably something that was in you for a long time. Sure, I call it providence. I don't call it coincidence. Providence. Yeah. Because you know what they say, like the movie, um, was it Signs? There are no coincidences. That's right. uh, I think that's right. And even like today, when you uh, chose this song. Right, yep. when when beneath my wings. I mean, what a great example of what our work is. We help each other, right? Uh, both the borrower and the not-for-profit, and then the borrowers actually, in, over time, make donations to the fund. You know, so oh they, my cause, goodness, because they've they they've been successful. You know what? It didn't dawn on me to connect the dot there that that song is perfect. Yeah. About what you're trying to do. Yeah, you, know, you know, there was an old show called carol burnett yeah remember carol yep. burnett yep. Yep. and at the end of the show she had that song i'm so glad we mm -hmm. had this time mm -hmm. can you believe it's been an hour <laughs> no i can't has it been already we're, we're okay i mean can you believe it no houston uh we're gonna end here with the song and i really want to thank my guest and i really think houston that everyone probably knows someone that could use a hand up, not a hand out, a hand up. Uh, and that's what Lift Fund is, whether it's the resources there on their website, whether it's the webinars they do, whether it's the capital. And capital as small as, you know, $1,000, $2,000 just to help you get you through. And again, you build your credit, all those things that can only benefit you in the future. They're all over uh, regionally. They've got plenty of offices all around Texas. Linda Toyota is their go-to here in town. I gave you that number. I'm going to do it again. It is 888-215-2373. I'm going to give you that website again, www.liftfund.com. Uh, Janie, you've been a real joy and a treat. Thank, Thank you for you. what you do to help people with a hand up so they can build a better life for their families. Thank you, Gilbert. So, you know, both of us being from Corpus Christi, we're C-level people. Yeah, we believe in, in, in starting from the ground up. So that's great. C-level. Amen. I'm going to hug you right <laughs> after this. Uh, so, Houston, let's hear the rest of this song, and we'll stay on a few minutes after social media. This song is so beautiful. And you know, 
it was recorded and put out by so many artists before Bette Midler. Most people don't know that. And it was her version, and she slowed it down and made this this ballad that was the smash hit. I could fly higher than an eagle because you are the wind beneath my wings. How many people have helped our lives out there, right? I mean, right. I mean, believe me, so many people have helped me, and I am grateful every day. What a beautiful thing. All right, Facebook. Now, what we did not do today, because time flew. So, Mr. Producer, let's do it next week. I have some great clips of the incredible World Series parade. And I have some great clips of people just, you know, having so much fun as we interviewed uh, the Houstonian on the street. And what a coincidence that night I had made a donation to Incarnate Word Academy and we had a very small private dinner with Jose Altuve and his wife, Nina. How wonderful was that? The same night as, of the whole parade, yeah. And they were there, and he's such a gentleman. His wife is lovely, and they talked about their children, and we talked about ours, and it was a real treat. So I'm going to show you some of those clips next week. I also had the pleasure of... Uh, doing the watch party with Christina Morales and all of her folks. I want to thank Houston for going out to vote. It was looking really thin there for a while, but then people came out to vote. We did our part here at A Tip from Gilbert. All of our ads changed to say, go out and vote. I put out a thousand four by eight foot signs saying, go out and vote. We bought ads in all the papers saying, go out and vote. Because remember, you know, people you know, worked hard. Some of them lost their lives, struggled for that right to vote that we take for granted. And so remember, no matter who you vote for, just make your voice heard and vote. That's what matters. Let's participate in our democracy because we all have certain universal things. We all love this country. We all love this city. And we all want to make the world a better place for our families and our children. And that's the final word. So you got me here, a tip from Gilbert, talk inspiration and prayer. We're here every Monday, of course, on all my stations, uh, KWWJ, KYOK, KCOH, Aliento Radio, Sankeet Radio. Try to say that five times fast. You can call in 832-570-8075. And again, Ms. Barrera is truly an angel, and she's the wind beneath all of your wings. Make it happen. Go to the website, get involved, and see how they can help you. You can't go wrong. Cheney, thank you for being here. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the privilege of speaking with you today. Privilege is mine. Last word to Houston. You've got it. Well, thank you, sir. Well, we're here to help. We would like to see as many entrepreneurs uh, go to our website, liftfund.com and um, see if you're ready uh, for a loan and or, and or some of our technical assistance. Also, if you know it's the end of the year and you're thinking, gosh, I would really love to give a gift to something that I believe in and um, wanna make a donation, you can click on the donation button there too. 
And 100% of the dollars that you put in there that you wanted to stay in, in Houston, we will keep it in Houston of that donation. Whatever that may be, $10, $15. We are, you know, every single penny um, that we can donate and, and, you know, use to help our economy and our community. So thank you, Gilbert. Amen. Houston, I'm going to start it off with a $1,000 donation right now today. Yeah. Come on. Let's all step up to the plate because all we're doing is investing in each other mm -hmm. and our community. So this is a tip from Gilbert Talk, Inspiration and Prayer, saying we'll see you next time. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 AM and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK 1140 AM and streaming live on kyokradio.org. KCOH 1230 AM, The Source. On Sand Geek Radio 95.1 FM 1460 AM. And Aliento Radio 101.7 FM and 1540 AM. Call in at 832 570 8075 and follow me on social media. See you then.